Even though my true power has been unleashed on you, somehow, you're still able to keep up. Yep. You're tough. Cool. Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And he has some errands to run, which is why Josh isn't here. <laughs> it's just a two-man show. Which, spoiler alert, I guess, I said that earlier. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and you were holding back, weren't you, Andy? Ah, I Maybe a little bit. And I'm a man on the edge. I'm Bill. <laughs> Step back from the edge. Life is worth living, Bill. You're here, talking about anime. Talking about One Punch Man. I got nothing. Okay, fair enough. Hi, guy. I guess there's an edging joke, maybe. There might be an edging joke there. I, I have edge shave gel upstairs. Yeah. Which I use to trim up, you know, the bottom here. Yeah, maybe beard. like the edge of glory. Like yeah. like go back in time and like some Lady Gaga. Like, like you I think, think it's, you know it's me. more relevant that I you use. Think you know me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like that there edge. You go. We could try that. On this day. <laughs> <laughs> I Your don't face think. is clearly shaven. Your face is clear. Your face is clearly shaven. Edge for uh, proactive. Edge for proactive. You're, what is happening? Hey, guy. Uh, we're here today. I don't know what's happening in this intro. That got weird. It got very weird. To talk about episode 12 of One Punch Man, titled The Strongest Hero. Yes. So we're finally, finally going to hit our finale for season one of One Punch Man. Yep, our mid-season break normally. Yes, uh, which we would normally then follow up with our blooper episode, but we kind of couldn't get in the studio to record, so after I was like, we're going to do this and then do a blooper episode, I just swapped them. Um, so hopefully, if you're out there and you're listening to us right now, you listened to the blooper episode and you enjoyed it. I enjoyed um, it. I love putting together blooper episodes, not just because they're easy. Uh, it's probably the easiest content to create in the world, um, but they're fun. They're fun to go back and listen to and go... Should I really put this in the blooper episode? I said something pretty bad at the end, didn't I? Yeah, you did. It's I okay. I don't even remember what it was. It's fine. It's it's totally cool. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that was our last release, and this is our newest release here. We're going to be talking about episode 12. We're going to get some nerd news in. We're going to talk about probably season one as a whole, overall, and kind of our thoughts on that and leading into season two. And then, yeah, I think it'll be a, it'll be a good episode today. I think so. I think so. I, I enjoy this episode, and I think it'll... Spoiler. <laughs> it's Spoiler. Fun. So yeah, I think it'll be good. All right. But before we get into that, let's jump into some nerd news. And I've got some stuff to talk about, so I'm going to start first, and then you can jump in with anything that you have. And then, like I said, I've got a couple of things. Um, Actually, before even we get into nerd news, I wanted to mention Pre-nerd that. news. Pre-nerd news. I had the opportunity and the, the pleasure to sit in uh, briefly on a live, uh, live-streamed episode of the Reanimator podcast uh, recently. So, uh, Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that. Yes. Uh, I was... I was streaming uh, some Pokemans on Twitch, and then by the time I finished, uh, I realized that uh, Yata was on and, and, and all them from Reanimator, and they were doing the Crunchyroll Awards voting, 
and I gave him a host, and then they were like, you should jump on, and they're like, get Josh and Bill, and I'm like, but it's midnight, so they're probably asleep, Um, but they were well, kind enough. I was definitely asleep. Oh, yeah. I'm what sure. day was it? Uh, it was about a week ago-ish. I can't remember the exact date. Yeah, I've been going to bed really early, so. Yeah, well, usually I do, too. I don't know why I was up late, but um, no, we uh, they were, they were kind enough to ask me to join them. Uh, I had fun. I was only on there for about two of the, the, the last two votings that they did and thankfully it was the like best year like introduction and closing themes so we got to sit and watch those and that was easy to judge since i am not good with current anime right right um that was a lot of fun i appreciate being allowed to have my voice on there and then uh repping tuning japanese on their show um we love what you guys do so thank you once again go check out the reanimator podcast uh that is their newest episode they put live on their main feed excellent I'm uh, sad I missed it, but I was asleep, and I did need to sleep, so... <laughs> sleep is good, and, you know, uh, those boys at Reanimator are at a different part of our world, and... Where they don't change. sleep. Where they don't sleep, right? I don't think they do, honestly. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but anywho, we have some nerd news to go to. Let's do some nerd news, and I want to start with Pokemon nerd news, and I'll try to keep it brief, because I know you don't care about Pokemon. I'm, I'm locked in, I'm ready. Okay. I'm... Let's hear it. Okay. Wow. See if I get it. Okay. You're really, you're really excited. Like I'm, I've I'm never, focused. I, you're, I'm loving this. You even like, you don't have beer in front of you. You put your phone down. Like you're not like eyeing the nut cage in the corner. Like everything is going like you're. I finished my beer before you came down here. Oh, that's fair. I'm sorry. I may have to go get more. Oh, I saw that tiramisu beer. I almost opened it for. Oh, night. did you? Yeah. <laughs> nice. The, uh, what was it? The, it wasn't even beer. It's like, well, it's beer. It's beer. It's yeah. a stat. No, it's a. It's a dark beer. Dark beer. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was like a... What? I think it's probably a stout. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I don't remember exactly, but... That's cool. I almost opened that to bring it down. Nice. And then... Nice. Another day. I'm yeah. sure. Another day. Well, so Pokemon had a big direct not too long ago where they revealed a bit of interesting news. Uh, they decided... Uh, I don't know. Okay, so you know how Pokemon will do a game, and then maybe. I don't know if you know this. I'll... They'll do a main game in the series. They'll have usually two versions of it. Right. Red, blue, right. gold, silver. This case, what's currently Sword Soup, and Shield. Soup and Nuts. Soup and Nuts, right? That was one. Um, pretty sure... Uh, uh, peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter and jelly. Gonorrhea and Chlamydia uh, was um, one. High and Lois. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> God. No one's going to get that one. Um, but anywho, they uh, oftentimes they'll do a third game, either a third game in the series or spinoffs of it. Okay. So, for example, Red and Blue came out, and then the next year, Yellow came out with some adjustments, some changes. Basically the same game, but, like, you know, and that one was catering to the anime. Okay. You had, you had Pikachu following behind you. So, like, Pokemon Salt and Pepper, and they come out with Kumin. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, so, like, the running gag was always, like, okay, so it's Sword and Shield, so eventually Gun will be, like, the third one. Like, that was the running, like, theme on the internet. Helmet? Helmet, maybe, actually, would probably be more thematically appropriate, yeah. probably, honestly. Um, but, yeah, that was the the idea we're expecting. Like, right. you know, eventually we're going to hear about a third game, or what Bo. they did last gen was they had Sun and Moon, and then they redid the games with a slightly different storyline, like an alternate universe storyline okay. called Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Okay. But they decided instead of doing that, they completely broke with tradition, and we were going to get two DLC packs for Pokemon instead. Huh. So. One each or two that work on both? Two that work on both. Okay. Which is really good, because they could have gotten really, really pissed someone off, like everyone off, by being like, well, this is one for this game, this is one for the other, you better buy both games and yeah. the DLCs. Sword Hilt and Shield Boss. Yeah, pretty, yeah, that would actually be really cool. 
in all honesty, those names. No, uh, what we have here is we have the Isle of Armor DLC that's coming out in June. Okay. Um, the big thing in that one, I mean, in both of these, what's kind of cool is that they're going to be adding po- more Pokemon, not only new Pokemon, but I think I mentioned on one of the episodes a long time back, there was some controversy because they didn't put all of the Pokemon. Everything was in it, yep. Yeah. Um, we talked about how like they basically wrote themselves you know, into a corner, essentially, right. because there's too many of them, and right. you're trying to update it to a new system, doing that is a lot of fucking work. Um, so they're going to be bring some of the ones from old generations in to each of these. Um, the idea behind Isle of Armor is you are training in a dojo, um, and you are training with the champion, like the, the, the former champion, because, you know, Pokemon, you want to become the champion. Right. The former champion of this, these particular games, it was his master, whose name oh. is Mustard. So the... Yeah, don't ask, I don't know. So the Grandmaster. Yes, essentially, yeah. He, like, he was a former champion himself, and then, like, the person he trained became the new champion. Right. Sort of thing. Um, so you train with him, you get a legendary, like, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a little kung fu bear. Uh, and then it evolves into, like, one of two different fighting forms. One that becomes, like, water, that's like a... A I think water bear? Like a water bear, yes. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, I didn't even think about that! It's amazing! Uh, it's just immune to everything? Yes! Uh, I think it's like a single strike form, and there's like a multi-strike form, and I can't remember what, what type it evolves into. So that's kind of a cool thing. And then the other DLC is coming in the fall. They don't have a concrete date yet. I think they're still working on it. Uh, called The Crown Tundra, which is going to uh, focus on... Uh, it's going to have one of the biggest things, the co-op mode. Uh, added into the game where you and a bunch of players can play through these levels or whatever. And then uh, the coolest thing, I think, is they have uh, new versions of the three mythical birds. Okay. Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. I know those. You do. And those, they haven't really revealed what they are yet, but they just showed some of like the art of it. And they look all really actually pretty damn cool. Cool. So I'm looking forward to those. I think it's, I think they're charging, if I remember right, I think it's $30, but you get... Both DLCs, um, and it's brand new content. You don't you don't have to go it's out and buy thirty dollars for both DLCs altogether. So why call it two different DLCs then? So they <laughs> they just have two different release dates. Oh, okay. They, they're they're working on like here's here's one like so you pay thirty bucks, you get this one then, and then yeah, a few months later you get this part. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, so they just broke it up into different parts. One DLC spread out. Right, correct. Okay. Yeah, two different locations. I think that's why they're calling okay. it kind of two separate DLCs, but okay. I think they're selling it together for 30 bucks. Okay. So it's kind of cool because typically you'd have to go and buy a whole different game, which I, I'm yeah. happy about that. I mean, I guess that's something. Yeah. It's I'm not crazy about DLC in general Yeah. as a concept. Right. It's fine when it's an addition to a complete game. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh. like when you get certain companies, like, I can't remember, I remember years back, one there was this game that came out, and they discovered the DLC was on the disc, right. and you had to pay to unlock it on the disc, and that's bullshit. Well, there's that joke meme where they show, like, you know, the way DLC should be, and it's like, a hamburger is the main game, and the DLC is the fries. Yep. And then, like, how a DLC is, and it's like, the bun is the game, and the meat is the, yeah. the one DLC, and the lettuce is the DLC, and the cheese is the DLC. I hate and, it. Absolutely yeah. hate that. So I, I I don't mind it. Like the way Fallout did it wasn't terrible. No, Fallout I think did it pretty well because you got a lot of you got a lot to it, I think right. every time. Well, if you never did it, you felt like you completed a game. Absolutely. Yeah, like the game still was had a beginning, middle, end and a lot of meat to it. Right. Despite the fact of having a lot of the DLC was just extra. Like 
the the workshop one where it's just yeah. like now you just get other things you can craft. Right. Not that big of a deal, but well, fun. Or like the whole mechanist storyline. Or... Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's that's a separate story outside of everything else that right. you just incorporate in. So yeah, I think they did that really well, and not all companies do. So. I'm interested to see how the Pokemon DLC turns out. I'm and one one thing I'm really thankful for because it could have pissed people off. You still can get the Pokemon they're going to be adding to the game, even if you don't get the DLC. Nice. Um, you have to do it by trading with people that do have the DLC. Right. But they're not locking it, saying like the only way is you have to pay for more Pokemon. Right. It's not like you trade with somebody that has it and then that yeah. Pokemon gets deleted on your. Yes. Yeah. That exactly. Makes sense. So that's that's pretty cool that they managed to do that. Cool. Uh, hey, Bill, would you have any nerd news for us this week? Yeah, I do. Oh, sweet. We're gamers, you know, tabletop yes. gamers. We yes, know that. we are. And one of the coolest tools I've seen in a long time is Hero Forge. Yes. Creating custom minis. Absolutely. If you're not familiar with Hero Forge, uh, Hero Forge is really, really badass. Um, if you are familiar with gaming, uh, minis are oftentimes used on a usually a battle mat that you can buy and creating... Uh, essentially immersing ourselves within the combat of something like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I mean, a stricter, pure role-playing game would be theater of the mind, but yes, uh, D&D grew out of wargaming traditions, yes. and I, for one, think that's one of the strengths of D&D, mm-hmm. is it's not a pure role-playing game, there's a little bit of a war game mixed yeah. in, and I think that's fine. It adds variety. I know there are people the that are down point. on D&D as a game and say there's so much better role-playing games. And, mm-hmm. and they're not wrong that there are better role-playing games. I don't know if I'd even say... Yeah, and the way you emphasize that, mm-hmm. better role-playing games. Right. Um, pure role-playing games, mm-hmm. I think, maybe is an even better way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something viscerally fun about, like, my fireball is going to hit this, and I can put it there, and yeah. this is cover. and this, this, is... this is the tactics and the math yep. and all that's really it's cool. Just, just like some people like Warhammer, you know, mm-hmm. um, or MechWarrior or something. Yeah. I think it, it fits in a nice little sweet spot. That Absolutely. I like. um, so, anyway, Hero Forge, uh, custom... One of the hardest things to do is to get your minis Absolutely. the way you want them. Yeah, you back in the day, especially, you would go to the gaming store and they'd have a like you know wall of like pewter figures, and you'd be like, "Well, this one is the only bard they have, so I guess this is going to represent what my bard looks like, even though my bard doesn't have long hair or my bard is an elf and this doesn't have ears." Right. Um, or you are like us and you start making really out there character concepts that you just simply can't. Totally. Nobody is going to make that. Right. Um. Nobody's going to make a heavily armored Grim Reaper paladin. Right. Yeah. Uh, no Yeah. No one's going to uh, make a samurai that's also a, like, cyborg robot. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, both of those are Bill's characters, by the way. Um, <laughs> I swear, I'm also creative. But, like, yeah, you're not going to be able to find those things. Right. Hero Forge does that. You can go in and choose parts and sizes and faces and poses and weapons and everything else. It's an interactive thing that you can just create on a 3D plane using their tools to make it a, a essentially a small figure for a game. Well, the the trick now, the thing now is that um Hero Forge is coming out with Hero Forge 2.0. Okay. Uh they're kickstarting it. Mhm. Within 20 minutes they were 100% funded. Holy cow. They are now currently last time I checked they were uh, 3,000% funded. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. There was a $42,000 pledge, and they are currently up to $1.67 million. Jesus dollars. Christ. That is a lot. Yes. Wow. Okay, good luck getting your figures anytime soon. Right. <laughs> and the, the thing they're adding now is color. Full color printing mm-hmm. for two. Um, they're also going to have um, token makers for 
online gaming, mm-hmm. um, both portraits and top down views. Um, a few other bits and bobs, but, yeah. and they're offering, uh, professional painting. That's kind of cool. Which is, that's which giving, is, that's giving artists a job. It's expensive, but it's cool. I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, you are, you know, in your day job, you work with printing and printers. Yes. And I know that you have toyed a little bit with 3D printing. Just a tiny bit. Okay. So just, and if you don't know, that's fine. Um, how viable or how common, I guess maybe is a better phrase, is it for 3D printing in, like, for 3D printers to use more advanced color techniques like these? Is this, are they, like, innovating here? Or is this something that has existed that if you owned a more expensive 3D printer, you could do yourself? They're not innovating. These already existed. I don't think they've existed very long. Okay. Um, a lot of the, I researched it a little bit, mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff I've seen was people going, yeah, that's going to work, or how's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody else is like, no, check out this company's X model. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, oh, I guess I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not something the general public, public knows about, but mm-hmm. it's not brand new either. Okay. Got you. Um, I did a little research in it myself, and it looks like it uses a, uh, uses a standard CMYK. Um, color yeah. gamut. Uh, there's just four loops of plastic going in it instead of one. Okay. And they're combining them somehow in a print head. They're combining the colors. So the they're ratio. able. They're able to like get blends of different colors out of those, just like a regular printer cartridge would. Just like a yep, just like a regular laser printer. Wow. Does. Um, that's except, actually really cool. I don't know how they're doing it, other than they're melting them and mixing them. And that's I don't impressive. know if they have a hopper where they're pre-mixing. One color of a layer and then purging, that seems like that'd waste a lot of... That would be super wasteful. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how it works. But yeah, there's... You can definitely see CMYK, uh, cyan, magenta, yellow, mm-hmm. and black going in. That's cool. To the print heads, four different spools. That's really neat. Uh, which is what toner is, too, those yeah. four colors, so... Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, they're definitely going to fund. Um, oh, yeah, they're... <laughs> if, you, if you are interested in minis, I would definitely highly recommend checking out Hero Forge. If you don't want to spend... And I'm not... I don't want to knock them as a business, but, like, one, they are kind of pricey. They are kind of pricey. Two, we have, personally, and this is not just, like, anecdotally one time, we've had a lot of figures that have come back and that we spent, you know, $25 for a figure, and they break. They seem, and I've not seen the premium plastic. Yeah. Um, it's only Which been, is more expensive. Which is more expensive. And according to the stats on the site, the premium plastic is supposed to be less durable. Mm-hmm. Than the plain plastic, yeah. Um, like it's a four not four star rating thing, and mm-hmm. um, like the durability on the the regular plastic is a two dot, and the durability on the premium is one, mm-hmm. which makes me worried because I've seen yeah. they they seem awful uh, brittle, right? Um, but then again, I watched the reviews Black Magic Craft on YouTube, and he was doing drop tests with them. He was letting them fall. He had a premium and a plain, and he was letting them fall, and they weren't breaking. So and that's. Do you want to clarify what that is? Uh, it's a YouTube channel that does crafting. Oh, so they were dropping. He was doing. He was sponsored by them to do a, a video. Oh, for Hero Forge. For Hero Forge. Got and it. He, okay. And he was got it, got it. doing drop tests in the fact that he was literally dropping them on tables mm-hmm, and the floor mm-hmm. and stuff. And gotcha. I wonder if maybe some of it has been the the builds we put. You know, is there too much weight at the end of this limb yeah, and that limb's too thin? Yeah. Because it was a shield arm of a female figure. It was a uh, ankles of a, of a female figure that were. The feet were together, so it kind of in a, a... It was a, a hammer. Reaching, and then a hammer on, on a the hand, end of an arm. On the end of an arm, yeah. Stretched out. A really huge hammer on the end of an arm stretched out, so... Yeah. so maybe there's something to be said there. In fairness, a Jenga tower fell on that one, so... That is true. The Jenga tower did destroy that one a it little was, bit. It was the two female figures that broke 
really quickly that made mm-hmm. me more worried. Yeah. So, and absolutely. I wonder if maybe that's just the thinner limbs that those it's those figurines use, popular. or yeah, or very possible, I should say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not necessarily knocking them, but mm-hmm. um, the ones that I had printed, downloaded, and had printed separately, they seem to be a little sturdier. Yeah, and you can They're, do that too, which is I think worth noting. If you yeah, have your own 3D printer, or you can find someone else that would be able to do it for cheaper, you can download the essentially the schematics, the that STL can, files they call yeah. them. Yeah. And they're they're usually run about eight bucks. I got them a lot for, cheaper. Yeah. I got it for half price because of Black Friday. Yep. Um, and then found a printer that would do them for me. And right, absolutely. Um, but the resolution wasn't quite there. No, no. So if you want the higher rev- resolution, they were, they were gonna, fine. Yeah. Um, but you got to kind of paint around it a little bit instead mm-hmm. of just follow the lines. So absolutely. So yeah, definitely check that out. The uh, Kickstarter is going on right now. Probably going on for a little bit longer, I imagine. Um, as of right now, there are twenty. Five days to go. Okay, so we're recording this on the nineteenth so, of January. Fe- so yeah, the uh, the project on Kickstarter it's Hero Forge two point um, and it ends on Thursday, February thirteenth. Okay, so you've probably got plenty of time to, if you want to get in on that. Um, just know that they have so many backers now that I can imagine it might take a little longer than expected to get your figure. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, they'll be running that thing balls to the wall twenty four seven. Yeah, pretty much. Hopefully, I. I don't know what their facility is going to look like. Well, I mean, with all that extra money, they could get more machines, hopefully. That's what I'm saying. I, I yeah. wonder what their facility is going to look yeah, like exactly. or, or it does look like. Cause yeah, that'd be interesting. I would love to go and check that out. Like, that'd be kind of cool to see. I mean, I have the... factories in general. Oh, I know. You're, yeah, you're definitely all about that. So, but, yeah, I would. Well, I'm all about printing and factories. And mm-hmm. that, yeah, I'd absolutely love to see it. I don't know where they're located at, to be I honest. Have no clue. Well, we're already like 20 minutes into the episode at this point. Probably it'll cut, it'll cut down a little. It'll cut down a little bit. That's true. Uh, but I think it's about time maybe we uh, forego the rest of the nerd news. How about we just jump into our episode? Our I'm episode ex- review. I'm excited. I'm I excited. I'm super excited. I have a lot of things to talk about. We have the one, the first villain that's not been one punched. No, absolutely. Uh, this is my week. Yes. So I get to bring us through the finale and uh, buckle in, ladies and gentlemen, because we start right away. Where we left off, and that's with a fight between Boros and Saitama, and we get a good, like, 40 seconds of just hyper, crazy energy Dragon Ball Z-esque. Oh, it is Dragon Ball Z out the ass, is what's going on here. Uh, it's pretty cool. I really, really, really dig the visuals. Every time they strike, there's a lot of, like, really cool use of, like, pink and blue colors. Yep. Um, I, I just thought, visually, the combat was extremely striking. It was. It was beautiful. Yeah. Which... When I get to some of the things that I didn't like visually in the episode a little bit later, like it'll make sense because they had put, a, I'm sure, a lot of time and effort into these fights. Yeah, they put a lot of money into it. And and a common refrain for this show is that when they do what the anime does, they do it well. Yeah. And it's not shocking that now that Saitama has an opponent to fight, it's a cool fight. Absolutely. It's the one of the first times that I actually care about a Saitama fight. Right. And I think it's meant to be. I mean, you care about them, but they have, they care weight other than you care about whether he'll win it. Right. Right. So I want to talk about that when we get to the end of the fight a little bit more. Right. But we'll, we'll get there. So after they fight for a while, Boros starts talking. He's, he's concerned given that, you know, as he says, he's using his full power. He's at full power now because yeah. his armor has been broken. Yeah. His armor's broken. He's at full power. And he's like, this guy is still fighting me. And his armor wasn't armor. It was a throttle or it was a, a governor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love, 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 love Saitama's response when he, you know, is like, oh my god, this guy's fighting. Uh, and he stole up and he, Saitama goes, yep, you're tough. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yep. 
Love I, it. I mean, it's so in character for him. <laughs> so fucking good. We don't get a theme song this episode. Nope. Instead, we go outside the ship, which is hovering still above what's left of City A, which yep. is very little yep. uh, at this point. It's been pretty much destroyed. We get the perspective of one of our S-Class heroes, uh, who I can't remember the name. He... He's, he's, he's like really strong. He picks up like a big chunk of the earth and launches it straight at the, What's the ship. What's he look like? Uh, blonde, um, muscular. Um, he's, he says he's like one of the most strongest, like, ones. Oh, is that Tank Top Master? It might be Tank Top Master. I can't recall. Okay. But anywho. He is he wearing a tank top? I don't think, I can't recall. All I know is that, like, he has just a, he might actually have been wearing a tank top. I think top. it was tank top master. I think it was tank top master. Um, that's one of my biggest beefs with this anime in general, is just there's too many fucking characters to keep track of. There are, but that's also in line with making fun of Western comic books. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. And we're going to talk about that, I think, I mean, as we you go You saw in game. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about Avengers for sure, uh, as we get further into this episode. So, anywho, tank top. I'm going to guess is him. Uh, he decides, you know, he's kind of, we kind of get his point of view. And he decides to use his amazing strength to fling this huge chunk of the rubble of the city at the ship. And, of course, Terrible Tornado is there as well. And she just essentially lifts up more of the rubble that he's standing on. Yep. Makes fun of him. Says, um, that's cute. But, uh, you better get out of the way. Just act like a shit in general. Oh, I fucking hate her. <laughs> she's such a terrible, terrible human being. Uh, she... Flings tons of debris, to which Tank Top is like, I guess I'm useless. Yep. Well, I guess. But King was kind of right. Yeah. That, like, what am I supposed to go up there and do? Right. Nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. Interesting character overall. But anywho, we, we get ahead of ourselves. Uh, so we get shots of the aliens on the ship. Right. They're freaked out because their ship is being blown <laughs> like they to would bits. Be. Right. Um, this is one of those times where I'm a little annoyed because we just get like one still shot of the aliens not moving for like a good 30 seconds. Right. While they're all talking. Don't know who's talking. Doesn't matter. I get that. Doesn't really. Doesn't really matter. Um, this one doesn't bother me as much as when they use the exact same, like, quote-unquote animation, or still, uh, later on. I'll, I'll talk about that when we get there. Genos marvels at the destructive power of Tornado, claiming that she may very well take the ship down just on her, on her own, by herself. Right. Tornado is really, like, honestly, looking at all the heroes, I'm... I'm kind of thinking she might be the most powerful one. Of the ones right there, I'm yeah. sure she is. I mean, she is ranked two in the S-Class. True. The only one stronger than her we've not actually seen. Yeah, we. Ha what's his, the, that, that person's name again? Do you remember? Blast. Yeah, because we haven't seen him at all. No, we have not. Hasn't shown, him or her, I suppose. We don't yeah. even know. I'm pretty sure Blast is a male. Mm -hmm. We do see Bang, and then later on we see his brother Bomb. So I don't know if, yeah. if there's some connection. Maybe. Or if they just happen to have alliterative names. I, it's don't, I don't know. possible. But yeah, Blast is our, is our highest level. Yeah, S-Class rank one that we've never seen. Right. Another Class S hero wanders up. A one-eyed cyborg man named Drive Knight. Right. Who I don't remember seeing before, but maybe briefly. Maybe he, was briefly. In, he was in the meeting. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he had any lines or anything. I don't but, think he did. But he was there. And he says that he has errands to run. So he's just going to kind of take off. Yep. And then the superhero S-Class kid with, like, spider legs. Uh, King Emperor, or a Kid Emperor. Kid Emperor, or whatever his yep. name is. He's kind of just like, yeah. Or child Emperor. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, he's all just like, yeah, a lot of us S-Heroes have already left anyway, so you're cool. Um, All right. So I want to talk about this okay. a little bit. Obviously, Genos is not happy with this at all. Right. Like, he's just like, seriously? 
Um, but once again, we see these heroes, a lot of them are anything but heroic. They're complacent. At, at best, they're complacent. Right. So, I guess my question is like, why? Like, why would why would it, anyone with these S powers, under the circumstances of what's going on, like, what would cause them to just be like, well, I've got other air... Like, I mean, I get... I don't know. Like, it's just really... The commentary about heroes, once again, is really fascinating here. That, like, the whole city has not been saved. I mean, sure, the city's destroyed. And later on, we're going to see an interesting scene, which I find fascinating, where you have Stinger and Lightning Max and Moomin Rider doing real hero work. Right. Saving people. Right. While you have these other S-class heroes that are just standing around going, like, at, at I have best nothing to do. Around. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so many of them are literally just standing around. Right. You have a, a handful fighting... Oh God! What's his name? Uh, Mel Melzergard. Yep. But like, then you have just a bunch of them just twiddling their thumbs and 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 not doing a damn thing. Right? They're complacent. They're they made it to the top. They know they're powerful. They know everybody else around them is powerful. They'll handle it. Whatever. You know, they mm-hmm. don't they don't see a real threat. Right. They're almost a reflection of Saitama in that Saitama wants a challenge. They've gotten so used to not having a challenge or, or somebody else taking care of it that's mm-hmm. powerful, that as powerful as them or more. Right. That they're just not worried about it. They don't, they're not taking the threat for real. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it bothers me and I think it's supposed to bother me. I think it's supposed to bother it the is. audience. Well, but- and there's something to be said too about, you know, whether it's celebrities or politicians or mm-hmm. the people at the top that, or even just the rich. Yeah. The people at the top that are privileged that, don't care that that's much. true i mean there's some definitely a lot of commentary going on yep. in this episode which i find really fascinating so anyway that happens but also before he leaves to go run whatever errands those are he warns genos drive knight does that metal knight is his enemy right which is weird it's weirdly placed it just kind of comes out of nowhere it does come out of nowhere like because we haven't seen him forever no and it makes me wonder like okay because you mentioned you know bang and bomb and potentially blast and the alliterative names yep like is there connection then between drive knight and metal knight like did they work together at one point because they they share the, the the knight name and the robotics and the robotics you know was was uh, was he a creation of metal knight of, of some sort like there's a lot of questions that and this is one of my my biggest positives of this epi- whole episode mm-hmm. is that there are several moments where because you think of like episodic or seasonal animes right that, that run multiple seasons right you know whether it's Sailor Moon whether it's Dragon Ball Z whether it's uh, you know Naruto or any of those things oftentimes from my at least viewing and understanding they don't do a very good job of setting up the next season within the end of the season prior. Like, take Sailor Moon, for example. Right. Very very end of season one, they defeat Queen Beryl, they're reincarnated, you have no clue what to expect from season two. memories are gone. Two. Memories are gone, they start over, blank slate, we don't know what e- at all to expect from season right. two. If there even is going to be one. Right. I mean, you can watch the first season of Sailor Moon. Yeah. And never watch any more Sailor Moon and you have yeah. a story. Yeah. So, what I think is really interesting about this anime in season one is that everything gets set up then for something that happens later. I think part of that is because this was a webcomic originally. True. And it's been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. So this stuff's already is set up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's already there. Yeah. So the writers just have to kind of pluck it out of thin air. Yeah. And, and, or not thin air. They just pluck it out of the... The original content. The original content and, and plug it in. Yeah. I just, it's just good writing. I it really, is. It I'm, is. It's well written. I'm very impressed with their ability to, here and several other places later in the episode, make us go, okay, 
they're setting up like we know deep down that Boros is going to die. Like we know, like like that's that's not the interest. Like while the fighting is cool, that's not the interesting aspect of this episode. It's not, and it never will be. Like Saitama's big fights are never the interesting part. That's my kind of my point. We're we're twelve episodes into an anime about a guy who wins every fight at one punch. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be good writing. There has to be commentary. There has yeah. to be something more there. Absolutely, for this to mean something to I matter. Mean, yeah, this could be a, a a YouTube skit five minutes long that might be kind of funny, mm-hmm. but. You'd go. Why would you want to watch? Why did you want to watch a whole anime about it? Mm-hmm. Well, because it's well written. Absolutely, it says something. Yeah, it has. It has important things to say. It's all the reasons why Saturday Night Live skits don't usually turn into good movies, with a handful of exceptions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't extend that beyond the premise of like the the two to three, the five minutes or whatever they they allow in the episode. Right. Yeah. So I, I just think it, th- this episode does a really good job of that idea of setting up later things and leaving me as someone who hasn't started. Well, I mean, I watched episode one of season two by this point, yep. but like wondering where are they going to go, you know, and how many more seasons can they do and, and still have it feel actually good? You know, like right. you think of, again, I'm not fully knocking like Naruto and One Piece and uh, Bleach and all of them. Partly because I haven't watched a lot of it. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. Like, I I can't make that judgment call, like, fully. But... I have never been interested to watch it. Because right. Because I don't care about the same crap over and over again. Yeah. I feel like it would get old. And I feel like, at this point, I'm really interested in, like, kind of seeing a three or four or even five season run of One Punch Man because there's so many things they could do because they've set it up so well. It's so dense and he could... He has... You could name on top of your head three or four places he could go and and Mm -hmm. organizations he could take on. Yeah, love it. So I just wanted to stop there and talk about that because I just, I find that really well done. I do too. So speaking of Melzergard, we go back to that fight. We get the same Class S heroes that were fighting him before. His name is Mezelgard. Last episode, we were joking around, come up with all the M names, or Josh was. I just want to make it clear for the fans. I came up with the good ones. You did come up with the good ones. I just want to make it clear for the fans, like, what the hell we were talking about in case that was confusing last time. There's the alien with multiple heads. It's Mezelgard, but he's down to his last head. Right. At this point. Because they figured out to destroy the marbles inside the head. Yes. Remember when, was it Pre Pre Prisoner that bit it? Yes. That was amazing. (laughs) So, working together, again, it's Atomic Samurai, Pre Pre Prisoner. Metal Bat and Bang, uh, they all are fighting off against this last version of him. And there's yeah. a Irai guy that's there that lost an arm too. Yeah, I own or something. Yeah, or something I, like that. Arion or Ian, so- something. Ian, yeah, yeah. That guy, I don't remember his name. I managed to remember the rest it, of them. It was I A I. Here's the other problem. I don't know if that first initial is I, a capital or I or a lowercase L. But yeah, it was, I think it's supposed to be an I. I think it is too because it's a proper name and it's the beginning of it. So I'm assuming it's I A I A N. Yeah. So. Hard to pronounce. Yeah, Ian. Ian. Yeah, I think I remember them saying his name one time Ian, in the whole episode. Like so I own stone. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so Samurai delivers an ato- what he calls the atomic slash, right? Which is just omni slash, cuts him into like a billion pieces. Uh, Bang is able to track uh, the regeneration. Says you know like every time you've regenerated, you've regenerated head first, which means that. It's probably, and then we see this gross cut of him, like, ripping up a punch through the dude's head as it's, like, half-formed, yep. grabbing hold of the, of the little marble. Yep. It's like, so it's probably here. Uh, and then he destroys it, crushes it, and, uh, yeah, they win. Although their victory is short-lived, 
as now they have the spaceship to worry about and try to figure out. Right. And then we get the scene that I mentioned before of Moomin Rider, Stinger, and Lightning Max. Uh, they're all helping actual people. They're clearing who's left of the citizens from City A. Yep. Essentially Rescue and evacuation, first responder. Yes. Yes. Totally. I love that. I love to hear these class, what, C? Yeah. And so B? Uh, Moomin Rider is the head of class C. Right. And I think the other two in class B. I think so. Yeah. Because they actually have, like, powers and stuff yeah. that are worthwhile. Yep. Like, here they are doing... The real hero stuff. Yep. And they're the ones that, you know, aside from Moomin Rider, who people really love, are not going to be, they're not going to care as much about them as they are the big heroes at the yeah. end of all this. I mean, the, like, they'll probably be ignored. Probably. The I things mean, that they do. They get some accolades. You know, that people are a little bit bummed that they got taken out by Vaccine Man in the first episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they don't get as much oomph. And again, I love that. I love yeah. that, like, here are the real heroes. Like, yep. these are the they're, real they're heroes. putting in the real work. Absolutely they are. Yeah, while you have these S-class heroes that are just like, eh, fuck it, I'm just going to go home. I'm going to go to the grocery store. Well, and again, you're kind of dealing with that, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but you're dealing mm-hmm. with that, that privilege of uh, upper class and lower class. Like, mm-hmm. the lower class heroes are putting in the real work for less money, for less praise, mm-hmm. whereas these S-classes get all kinds of money and they just kind of don't care and they don't, they don't put the time in, the effort yeah. in, because they don't have to. Absolutely. I agree. We cut then to Saitama versus Boros once again. Yep. And the fight continues in the flashy style. What I love most about this part of the fight is that it's done to the theme song. The theme song plays and they choreograph it so well. Every time they there's do. a big explosion, it fits with like the, the heavier parts with the, the song. Well, we joked in, uh, Gurren Lagan about that, that, uh oh, the theme song's starting to play. Yeah. Shit's about to get real. Yeah. So they're playing up that trope. Yes. They're absolutely touching that trope, but they're also, it, they're not just playing up the trope as a joke. Like, it works. You feel it. You so love it. So well. I love it so much. Very well animated. Very well thought out. Like, every high point of the battle is connected with the song. Yep. Love that. Eventually, their fight, which is going on in the ship, by the way. Like, every blast is, like, knocking them through more pillars and aspects oh, yeah. and walls and shit of the ship. And just, he's essentially destroying his own ship. Right. Um, Boros gives no shit about, like, the people that he's with. He cares about being the very best. It's kind of what happened with Thanos' ship in Endgame, you know? Yep. Captain Marvel blowing mm-hmm. through it. And... Absolutely. Uh, he event, the fight eventually then bursts through the ship. They're yep. on top of the ship for a while. Boros commends Saitama and basically saying, like, hey, you've actually lasted longer than anyone I've ever fought ever. Yep. Uh, which, uh, you know, kind of a cool bit of sentiment, although Saitama doesn't seem to care. Boros unleashes then his most massive energy blast, stating that a normal man would have his bones vaporized by this attack. Now, he says it's his most powerful, although we're going to see a more powerful yeah, attack yeah. later. Um, but thankfully for us, Saitama isn't a normal hero. It's like his uh, Omega rays that Darkseid has. Yes, it to- that's a good comparison. They're not. They're yeah. they're a little more uh, uh, smooth than the jaggedy, uh-huh. but they're, they're basically the Omega beams. Yeah, which again, pulling from Western Absolutely. comic books, totally. At this point... Boros then decides after he blasts Saitama to start another info dump. Yep. Uh, he backs up that truck and he basically talks about his home world and how, you know, where he comes from, you know, he he and his people have gathered the mastery of regenerative powers, uh, which is why he can regenerate and, you know, regrow limbs, which he then demonstrates by regrowing his arm that Saitama had ripped off earlier. Yep. However, Saitama simply just cuts him off by stating, blah, blah, blah. You're boring me out of my mind. Are you finished? <laughs> yep. Love it. So good. Uh, and as you might imagine, this pisses Boros off. Like it would. Yeah. 
Uh, he charges up and uses Meteoric Burst, which launches Saitama through the ship, ripping the ship apart, pretty yep. much. Just right in half. Punch after punch, Boros then rocks Saitama while destroying his ship, and with one massive knee, sends him flying into the air. Yep. Into the moon. The moon. <laughs> which is probably my favorite moment from the entire episode. Yep. Because Saitama hits the moon. Yep. Like... With a giant crash. Ridiculous. Yep. With a new crater in it. Sits up. Yep. Nonchalantly. Yep. Tries to take a breath, realizes, <laughs> oh shit. Looking at the ground and like grabbing a rocket throwing in the air. I'm on the moon. <laughs> Plugs his nose like he's going to dive into a swimming pool. Yep. And then just kind of stands around for a few minutes. On the moon. On the moon. And then just kind of test does a test jump. Yeah. Okay, checks the gravity a little bit. And then Cal- launch, calibrates. Fucking launches himself off of the moon. Yep. What the fuck? <laughs> Best part of the whole episode. I'm surprised he didn't throw the moon out of orbit doing that. Well, he did leave a giant, a huge crater in the moon when he launched himself off of it. He did. <sighs> he left one on the moon when we got landed into it, too. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I did, I do want to do like a mashup, like of that scene with, uh, Fly Me to the Moon, like the Evangelion's version, <laughs> like their, their end theme. Like, yeah. That'd be pretty great. Anywho, uh, so I love it though. That was fucking brilliant. Like just on the moon. Uh, so anywho, back on Earth, Boros monologues about how essentially, wow, I don't use that move because when I use that move, it drains my life force. Yeah. Essentially, I age and it fucks me up and I should only ever use that in emergency. And as soon as he says that, Saitama just lands, reappears, does a superhero landing. Um, and when he does, he like rocks the ship. Yeah. He it, lands on the ship. Yep. It tips. Yeah. And at one point, the heroes are like, Tornado, you're, you're doing it. Yeah, I know. They're <laughs> giving her credit, yeah, of course. In the normal. Of course. Like not giving Saitama, not knowing. And I love Saitama when he lands, right? Here's Boros, who's just used up some of his life to knock right. him to the moon. Yeah. He goes, cool, I made it back. <laughs> Fucking genius. Fucking love this character. Uh, Boros gives it one last go with a flurry of punches, but Saitama counters with his own punch that sends Boros reeling. And then he rips him apart with his special move. Consecutive normal punches. Consecutive normal punches. Fucking. Ah! <laughs> oh! He's done that one other time, right? I think he did. Deep Sea King, maybe? Maybe. Because, like, I feel like that's the only other threat that was, like, high enough. I'm sure we've seen him do it. Yeah. I just can't remember where. Because that would be, like, the number two bad guy that he's fought. I think that's the thing he used to defeat Deep Sea King. Yeah, I think you're or... right. Someone. I know that he's used yeah. it. Yeah. I know that he's used I, it. Yeah, it's not the first time we've seen him do no, it. No, definitely not. But still... Still really fucking great. Yep. Absolutely love it. So that happens, and Boros uh, doesn't die from it. No. Uh, he, like, he gets torn apart, but then he regenerates. Yep. Because he's got the regeneration powers. Then he uses his ultimate attack. The ultimate attack, which is funny because it's the third time now that he said this is his ultimate yep. attack. Yep, Which I fucking love. This is Dragon Ball Z to the max. Absolutely. When he says, and he uses his move, his move, collapsing star, roaring cannon. Yep. Collapsing star, comma, roaring cannon is, is how that is, is punctuated. Uh, to which side? Not a colon. Not a colon. Uh, Saitama then responds with his ultimate, his ultimate move. He goes, well, I guess <laughs> I'll use my ultimate move. Right. Which is killer move, comma, serious series, comma, serious punch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> killer move, serious series, serious punch. So he's got to have like 
more in that serious series then, right? I would think so. Like a serious nut flick, a serious like <laughs> kick. <sighs> the energy blows up the ship. Apparently cracks Boros's chest thing that he has. That's the power that's the anti-grav um, for the ship. For the ship. Okay, I wasn't sure what that was. That's the power source of the ship. Got it. That that's makes more sense. Engine. I wasn't sure what was because yeah. they kind of cut to it for a brief second. I think he, Boros is tied to the power source for the engine. Oh, I think it's okay. running off of him. You. So he hit him so hard it broke the thing he's tied to. Not only that, it causes the clouds in the atmosphere to separate. Yeah, for like a continent. Yeah. Like he blows... like half the half of the Earth. Yes. Yeah, fucking crazy. So he's been holding back this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And just wait, because in this conversation with Boros, Boros is like laying a, a half dead, half husk dried out, his body smeared on the ground. Uh, he's still somewhat conscience, conscious. And Saitama's like, oh, you're awake. Uh, both Boros and Saitama agree that it was a hard fought battle until Boros, it dawns on him, he realizes that Saitama was still holding back. Yep. He says, you were holding back still, weren't you? Yep. Even the serious, serious, serious punch. Yeah. Wasn't everything he yeah, had. Was not. And then Boros calls out Saitama's name once and then dies. Yep. And that's it. So he finally gets credit from somebody who dies immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then we get the episode title card randomly in the center here of the episode. Like, you know, red text on a black background. Yep. Um, and then we go to the falling ship. We uh, get the, an image of the ship. It is crashing to the ground. And we get our repeated still of the aliens on the ship. So the exact same image for like a good 15, 20 seconds. And they're saying things like, get out, run, we can't. <laughs> Which I don't know if it's ironic or what, like, because they're still images that can't move. Right. Um, it's funny. Still bothers me a little bit. But anywho, uh, our intrepid class S heroes decide, shit, we should probably hightail it back to headquarters because this ship is going to crash on us. I love how Puri Puri Prisoner keeps shouting, Angel Rush! Angel Rush! And uh, I think it's Bat, or Metal Bat's like, quit shouting your name and or name your attack or whatever and just run. Yep. Uh, the ship crashes, and Genos is ready to go check it out. But first... First. The break card. Welcome to the break card. It's Andy. It's late. I'm hopefully going to get this episode out on time. I guess we'll have to wait and see if we make it before midnight here. And you've tuned in to a brand new episode of Tuning Japanese. We're done with Season 1 of One Punch Man. It's crazy to think. Uh, I think this was probably and easily one of our best episodes. At least I think so. Uh, it was very analytical. We still had some fun in it. You know, maybe not quite as goofy as some of our other content, but... We really dug into this one quite a bit, and I am very proud of how this one and the next one actually turned out as well. So thank you so much for sticking with us through this slightly longer episode than we normally put out, and I hope you guys have enjoyed the ride as much as we have with watching One Punch Man. We'll be starting Season 2 coming up, which means that this will be kind of some uncharted territory in a couple of ways. Number one, it's the first time we've ever done a second season of something, and of course we made this kind of work because... It was an anime that, when we were first thinking about doing it, only had one season, and then it was only 12-episode seasons, so we figured we could probably kind of count it as one season here overall. I don't know if we'll ever come back to it if they release a third season or not for the podcast, maybe at some point as a bonus season, perhaps, but but we're going to go through season two, and another thing I think that's also interesting and new for us is that 
we cannot find the dub anywhere. We know that the dub has been done. It was on Toonami, but the dub isn't anywhere on any of the streaming services. So we're actually, for the first time, going to be reviewing a subtitled version specifically of an anime. And I think we're both still really excited, and Josh also as well excited uh, for when we can get him in on some episodes to talk about Season 2. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed One Punch Man. Thank you so much for your continued support and hanging with us through all that. Speaking of support, at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese, we've made some adjustments, some changes to our different levels of membership. So uh, we have uh, a $1, $3, $5, and $10 membership level now. We used to have a $2 that we got rid of, and we moved some things around, mostly shuffled things lower. Um, One of the things that we did, though, that was a little bit higher is we did move our bonus episodes to $3 a month, which, as of right now, everyone who donates to our Patreon is already at that level. So uh, thank you guys so much for everything that you do, those who have been supporting us. Uh, People like Cameron, people like Nash, people like Superfan Matt, who are amazing, and we love to give shout-outs here, too, in our break card segment. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash Japanese to get all kinds of bonus content. We're putting together some other interesting things. It's just time and effort and trying to get all of it kind of put together. But uh, we've got lots of bonus episodes. You can get stickers. You can get buttons. You can join us for future episodes. All that by helping to support us and keep the show going. If you visit our website at tuningjapanese.com, one of the things that that money goes to help support is the payment for the website. I just upgraded our website a bit and got rid of the advertisements that were built into the website. There were times where it was really kind of annoying, so I think it's a lot smoother now. It looks a lot better, and hopefully you notice. Go check out TuningJapanese.com for all of our past episodes, as well as there's a few articles from when Questionable Endeavor was still going on. So absolutely, thank you so much, and I'm going to stop rambling now. I'm going to get us back to One Punch Man. Appreciate your support. Appreciate all your love. 2020 is going great so far, and we're going to continue to bring you the best content that we possibly can. Enjoy the rest of the episode. We're back from the break card. That was quick. This is a long episode so far. Well, it's a series finale. It is a series finale. We've got a lot to cover. Season? It was a series for a while. It was, until they decided to continue on. So we cut then to, of all people, who's to show up? But a My Mask shows up. Yeah, finally. Finally. Now, I have a lot to ask you and talk about about Ame Mask or whatever yep. here. Um, because I find him fascinating in the scene. Okay. Like, just completely fascinating. And I don't know what level... Like, I don't know. We'll talk about it. So he shows up. He's there in the rubble of the destroyed city. And he's looking around at the destruction. And he says, essentially, like, huh... How could this have happened if there was if every class S hero was here to defend the city? How is it possible that the entire city is destroyed? He kind of po- posits that question, and then he sees the group that destroyed uh, Melzagard. Yep. And he jumps down and he calls out to Metal Bat and he says, "Like, hey, Metal Bat, care to explain what the fuck just happened here?" Uh, to which Metal Bat and the others essentially say, "Like, hey, you know, we fought off the alien threat and we took care of it." Yeah. Ame Mask is having none of their bullshit. Yeah. Like, he lays into them hardcore. He said, basically calls them out and says, you're taking credit 
for all this destruction, like you think your job was done, the entire city is gone. It's done. It's decimated. It's it's it, it's destroyed. Like yeah. completely obliterated. And the number of people who lost their lives is immeasurable. Yep. But you're going to sit here and be proud of the fact that you won this fight. And he just lays into yeah. him. And, and so is Ame Mask right here? That's my question. Or is this more superhero posturing and hypocrisy that we see from him? Ame Mask seems to be, let's see if I can put it. It's not that he's just obsessed with the persona of the superhero or the myth of the superhero or the fame that comes with it. He's genuinely, genuinely obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Like being a superhero is very important and the right people being superheroes is very important. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's still wrong. I think he's still kind of an asshole about it, mm-hmm. but it's not just like, Oh, I want superheroes to look great so that I look great. Mm-hmm. I think he's genuinely, the whole idea is something he builds his whole identity around. Mm-hmm. That their actions or lack of acting enough to save people reflect on superheroes as a whole. As a whole. And that reflects on him. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. It, it's interesting motivation. It is. And, you know, I don't, you're not supposed to like Ame Mask. No, you're not. But I can't help but agree with him here. To a degree. If they didn't do what they did, mm-hmm. it wouldn't just be a city destroyed. True. It would be multiple conquered, enslaved, or annihilated, mm-hmm. you know, depending on whatever, yeah. whatever the end game was for Boros, I'm assuming an utter annihilation. Mm-hmm. He'd kill every being on the planet, find out none of them could defeat him. Right. And move on. Right. Go to another planet, find, until he finds someone who can match him. Right. And the most interesting thing that he insinuates here is that, you know, he basically says like, why do you think I'm not an S-class hero? I am A-class rank one to essentially prevent other fuck-ups from being promoted above me, I can hold them down right. in A-class or B-class and C-class, so that way no one else can raise above me to get into S-class that doesn't deserve to be there. Right. Which... He's a gatekeeper for you know, for the, the S-class and make sure only... And I love that. I love... And again, you're not supposed to like his either motivation he, either there. He lets them, either he lets them in or he can't stop them. Right. Either way, they deserve to be there. Right. And it makes me wonder then... How powerful is he? Is he posturing? Or is he immensely powerful? Because we haven't ever seen him in his power. He doesn't fight. At least so far, we haven't seen him actually fight anything. So I have thoughts on that. But I think we should save them for our next episode. Because my two thoughts on that uh-huh. both get addressed next time Okay. on One Punch Man. I mean, <laughs> I like it. Keep our audience waiting on that. So we'll come back to that. Right. We'll, we'll discuss that. All right. Back to uh, this scene here in particular. Their fight, which is going to be a fight, it looks like Metal Bat and him are going to throw down. Right. Uh, is interrupted by the arrival of Metal Knight himself. He drops in a pod, yeah. or at least one of his robots He's does. finally here. Yeah, he's finally well, here. I don't think Metal Knight is ever physically anywhere. No, he's. it's kind of like Iron Man sending one of his suits out to do some sort of right. job. Right. Or like I said, robot from uh, Invincible. Yes. Yeah, Same. same sort of premise. So he drops down, and of course Genos is quick to call Metal Knight out for showing up and saying, are you here to take the alien technology and incorporate it into your own stuff? Essentially is what he says. Right. And Metal Knight goes, duh. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's that's why I'm here. And ugh, I cannot stand Metal Knight. Like, I, I just, I want to see him, I want to see him get just completely annihilated. Like he, I, 
He uh, is absolutely all the dark parts of Tony Stark. Yes. Or um, Ironmonger from the first. Yeah. Movie. You know, he is absolutely obsessed with his technology, mm-hmm. with furthering it mm-hmm. for his own agendas, and mm-hmm. he doesn't really care about actually putting the hero work in. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of a side effect to what right. he what he is interested in. Yeah. And this is another example of how they're setting up, like, what's going to happen with this guy? Is he going to become a villain? How's that play out in the next season? So it's just dropping all these little bits and these little things that you're like, hey, don't forget this because we're going to come back to it later. Well, and it, it doesn't come up and say, it's not a spoiler because it doesn't come up in season two at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than the spoiler is it doesn't come up in season two. Mm. Um, but I can definitely see them setting up a Saitama versus the S-Class at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. I 100% can see that. Like kind of like a Civil War sort of situation or something. Kind of, yeah. It's Genos and, and Saitama. Mm-hmm. Um, or tragically, Genos versus Saitama. Right. You know? <gasps> oh, I hope they do that. All right. So we cut away from this because... Okay, so Hulu... I don't remember, I don't remember his name, but Hulu says his name is Blackluster. Oh, um... The one kind of racially yeah um, uh, difficult character. It, it was because um, Hulu named him Blackluster, and I don't remember Blackluster being in it. Maybe that's a name that somebody translated differently. Yeah, I'm thinking um, so. Before when we saw him, he was Super Alloy Darkshine. That's right, Super Alloy Dark Darkshine. Okay, um, but anywho, he has found alien survivors to which they tie up. Right. And the, this is the aliens on the ship from the still shot. Yeah. They're all just like, oh, man. The pink the weird... guy with the blue yes. dots. And, yeah. yeah, and like the weird fucking, they're all they're all weird looking. And they're just freaked out like, oh, man, this could be bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's play it cool. Maybe we'll, they seem nice. Yeah. maybe. And then immediately after, Ame Mask walks up and cuts them all down with one strike. Executes them immediately. And that is another bonkers moment like i see that and i go holy fuck not only because it hints at maybe what his powers are yeah like how powerful is he was able with one quick death movement to kill all of them and turn them all into goo now i don't think that says a lot because later on they said only two elite fighters were left the psychic octopus guy and uh multi-face mel b Mm -hmm. so obviously these guys aren't elite fighters, mm-hmm. they're gunners, they're engineers, they're pilots. Right. You know, they're not the best of the best. Yeah. So the fact that one guy walked up and killed all three of them in one go. But the manner in which he did, I think it's important. Yes, absolutely. And again, it's kind of a gray area because on one hand, yeah, they were prisoners of war who were already taken, already right. surrendered, and were executed summarily. On the other hand... They were essential to Boros's plan to kill everybody in a city. Yeah. It's hard to say whether he did the right thing or not. Yeah, it's a gray area, which is good. Cause it is. It's interesting. It makes it interesting. Absolutely. Ame Mask goes over to Genos and calls him out saying that, yeah, you're kind of a disappointment. You know? Yeah. You've done a few things. You're kind of, uh, kind of dropping the ball here. Which, if we tie back to earlier in the season, like he had a lot of hope, I think, for Genos. Yep, yep. Um, I also like how Genos essentially kind of says, you know, this guy, Ame Mask, kind of reminds me of me before I met Saitama. You know, kind of vengeful, wanting to kind of prove myself, Mitchell, but like cocky. not in cocky, not in the best way. So, 
Uh, I like that, too, because they're setting up, I think, a future conflict between those two. Which would be cool as hell. Oh, would be super cool. I would, I would, I am here for that yep. conflict. Speaking of Saitama, he bursts through the side of the ship and goes, oh, finally I'm out. <laughs> like, like this, this is for real. Uh, and he gets berated by Tornado. Like, how'd you get on that ship? Aren't you a B-class hero? What the hell were you doing? Yeah. And Which, again, as much as she's terrible. It's in her name. Yeah, right. Not wrong. An average B-class hero has no business on a ship and probably would be killed quickly. Yes. Like, you are you are endangering yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I love how Genos comes around, like, Master! And comes running up, and they just, like, walk away from Tornado and just give her the cold shoulder. I know. And it's not even a cold shoulder. He just doesn't care. No. And then she gets fucking pissed. Uh, like, how dare you ignore me? And here are the things I love about this scene. He, she starts hurling insults at Saitama. Baldy, Baldy, Baldy! <laughs> uh, like, and calling them all, like, like, uh, octopus head. Oh, and, like, yeah. all this weird shit. And while it's going on, Saitama's like, hey, Genos, shouldn't you do something about her? <laughs> to which Genos goes, yeah. And he throws down and says, listen here, you spoiled brat. <laughs> and it is the funniest scene from the entire episode. He is like, he's holding out his, like, hand, like, with it, like he would, like, shoot the fire and the yep. flames and he's calling her out calling her a brat being like knock your shit off and the entire time Saitama is behind like really goofy face like fist pumping in the yeah. air and then cheering him on <laughs> out of nowhere she just like boom knocks him into a fucking building or yeah. rock or whatever and Saitama looks scared as shit yeah cause she's like you're next baldy and he's like oh shit oh shit oh shit <laughs> And my other favorite part of this, well, Bang comes in, by the way, and he's yeah. like, knock it off, you little shit. The, and, the wise older hero yes, that and deserves to be where he is. Huffs and puffs, and this is fine. Um, but then I love the, the pandaway shot uh, of Saitama walking over the Genos. You can't see Genos, you just see the the boulder and the crater. And he's like, let me help you out. And he just like pulls and yanks his arm. Yeah, he's, like, no. he's like, oh shit. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoops, that's your arm. Bang makes a comment about, like, why are there so many pig-headed, heavy-handed, strong-headed heroes? Love it. He, the old man's just tired yep. of the shit. We then cut to Genos uh, monologuing over some scenes of the rebuilding of the city. Uh-huh. He talks about how the alien attack happened and the destruction of City A led to, you know, essentially the, a lot of headlines and people talking about it. But it died down. After, like, a week, like, no one talked about City A and its destruction after that. Yeah. Thoughts? I guess when you live in a world of superheroes, stuff like that happens on the regular. So it's just on to the next thing? Yeah, I mean, and again, not to take it in too dark of a place, but... I think you might be going where I'm thinking. Think of the, the shootings, the mass That's shootings. That's exactly and, where and, I, yeah. my brain went, yep. The first couple, it was on the news for months, and it was a big thing, and then, you know, now it... You could be excused for not knowing what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely think that deep down, there's a little bit of that, like, satire that they're, you know, social commentary they're trying to hint at. I don't think it's that deep, and I don't think it's that little. Yeah. I, I think it's there. Yeah. Again, I have high marks for this anime for being able to accomplish things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. It's great. Uh, it also reminds me of the Avengers, like, this whole thing of, like, New York getting destroyed, things kind of 
you know, it brings people together briefly. Yeah. You know, and this then, idea of like superheroes and how they're perceived. And then by Civil War, it's all kind of in the past and, yeah. and they're bitching about other things. And Absolutely. So I, I kind of, again, I like that sort of homage to and telling Western. Them that even when they did something, they didn't do enough. Like right. Sarkovia. Absolutely. Yep. We also learned that Metal Knight has used the alien spaceship not only for himself, but to rebuild the headquarters. Yes. Uh, essentially creating what they call an impenetrable fortress of steel. That's not ominous at all. It kind of looks like the raft from uh, Marvel. Yeah. And to me, it gave me the heebie-jeebie vibes. Like this whole scene. Where they're like, oh, we rebuilt... Like you think, like, oh, we rebuilt the headquarters. That's good. Like, and it just gave me the vibes of, like, this headquarters and these people are evil as shit. Like, right. they're, 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 there's something hidden there that we just don't maybe see the, the full, like scope of so that was an, an interesting scene they had built a new series of roads from the headquarters too that essentially they could send heroes out quickly exactly they're and all it's a central hub it's a hub in the headquarters yeah and all a and s class heroes can live there if they choose right which is going to be i think interesting season two to see if anyone we see if any of them do uh we get an ending song uh, i didn't get a chance to look up what the ending song was it's brand new uh to the series and then we get a post-credit scene afterwards. Yes. Uh, another monster is attacking City C and City Y, and this time it's a massive pig with a gas mask thing. And he's talking about like he monologues about how human beings are wasteful and they build and destroy the earth, and that he's going to take them all to hell. And then there's a kid that's ready to get killed, but then Gino swoops in out of nowhere. Well, the first monster of the series is Vaccine Man. Mother True. Earth. All the pollution of Mother Earth. Yeah. That turned on mankind. And there's a little kid that it's going to kill, a little girl. Mm-hmm. And Saitama swoops in and, and kills the monster. Oh, that's true. There's symmetry there. It, yes. I like that. And he asks, who are you? And he says, just a, a you know, like. A hero that wants to be, you know, someone who wants to be a hero for fun and blah, blah, blah. Right. He's like, and his companion or sidekick or disciple or whatever he says. Yeah. To which point, Saitama flies in, blows this dude up, like, in one of the most gory fashions I've seen on the anime <laughs> so far. There's just guts rained out everywhere. My, okay, I said the other part was my favorite. This might be my second favorite part. He lands and immediately mourns the fact. He says, I'm back to one punch again. <laughs> <laughs> which is the greatest little inside joke yep. of like, we're going to reset here. It's going to be back to what it was until we finally get one big bad that he can't one punch again at the end. Yep. I ah, love it. I yep. fucking love it. Yep. It's so good. And that is how it ends. Episode 12 of one punch man titled the strongest hero. Um, so now's the time when I think we're going to, we're going to talk about our thoughts on the episode, but I think we're also going to extend it out to talking about the season yes. overall as well. I would normally start since it was my review, but you chose the anime. So I kind of want to start with you. Is okay. there like what, maybe revisiting this now again, you know, did on another viewing and more importantly, after our discussion, right. how does this anime, at least the season hold up? compared to your original just first viewing of it i think i like it more really yes um my original viewing i was just kind of passively taking it in i didn't watch it for the anime i didn't watch it i just watched it because the guys over at reanimator well my anime podcast now yes i guess we should have i should have mentioned that too i yeah. apologize i i probably um, should have 
name drop their new name. Those boys talking about how good it really was, you know, and they said this the exact thing I said, which was like, how is it going to be interesting with a character who always wins? Yeah. It's like, oh, because it's satire, because it's parody, because it's super sharp, well-written. And so that's what game, the whole reason I watched it. Mm-hmm. At the time, I didn't, it didn't have a, a dub. It was short. I didn't think we'd have any way of doing it. Mm-hmm. So it was just for uh, enjoyment. And I enjoyed it. I passively took it in. That's rare for you with anime. It is. It's very rare for me to, not not the passively take in, the... The enjoyment. The, enjoying it, take, watching it at all, mm-hmm. for no reason. And now that we've sat down, and now I've taken a part of why I passively enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew there was more to it. I knew there was substance. I, I laughed. But now that we've gone episode by episode and taken apart what the what the tropes are, what the parody yep. are, what the statement is. Yep. Even the emotional beats. Like there are there are moments of true sadness and empathy with Saitama mm-hmm. that were there, but you just kinda click it away and, yep. and move on. And I said, I think it's made me enjoy the anime more. Good. I think I, I think I get it more. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the idea of the premise, right, you know, a good anime, a good show, good media, fiction, whatever, can take a simple premise and turn it on its head and make it interesting, right? With with really good writing and really good focus. When you compare something like this to something like Excel Saga, you know, using something that we've reviewed, right? right where these two fall into a similar category yeah. in comparison to what other, the other things. Yeah. I mean, Wolf's, Mo- mocking other anime. Yeah, I mean, Wolf's Rain, Trigun, Gurren Lagann a little bit kind of falls into what we were talking about here. but Wolf's Rain was very straightforward. Yeah. Gurren Lagann, I think, was pretty straightforward, too. It was a little bit over the top. Yeah. Like, the people making it were making it over the top and kind of, yeah. like, having the laugh. The characters all knew things were straight up. Absolutely. Like, serious. Serious. Uh, well, Trigun was a little less than that because yeah. there was a mocking to it. There was, like, Vash knew he was kind of goofing off and he mm-hmm. was just kind of goofy. And... But when that series got partway through, it turned super serious. Right. And, and when it did, dark. it hit you harder. Right. You know, Record of Lotus War, you know, very yeah. straightforward. But like when you you I think really honestly and it's weird to say the of the things we've watched and reviewed, Excel Saga is the closest analogy to what we have here with One Punch Man, and I think both of them take the idea of satire and making fun of the medium, and they do it well in their own separate ways. Well, and you're the expert, I think. But tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I think it's that One Punch Man is satire and Excel Saga is parody. Yes, yes, you're you're 100 percent right on that. Absolutely. Whereas, you know, you can have satire built into parody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, parody is a is 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 a type of of satire itself, but like it is a hyper focused. You know, like this episode is the X right. episode. You know, Excel like this... Saga was a comedy, and yes. you were supposed to just watch an episode and laugh at it. Yeah. And sure, they 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 ran threads through it, mm-hmm. but they weren't that important. No, totally not. It was just there to be fun. Yeah, exactly. Um. This really walked the line between, like, I'm saying something. It's funny mm-hmm. sometimes, it's serious sometimes, it's emotional sometimes, and it's saying something and criticizing the medium mm-hmm. it's talking about. Right, I agree. For me, overall, this series was really good. I I think it started off a little rough. You were, you were confused, for sure. I was definitely confused. I think... It was an anime that I didn't see the legs in it. You know, even through, like, episode four, I was still confused of, like, 
where are we going? Right. Because we would have, you know, this monster and they would get defeated. You know, something like Crablante, like really, yeah. really minor character. But then you, you build in what we thought by episode three was like the main villains in that society or whatever, yeah. the, the doctor, and then creating all the stuff. And then they just blow up their facility. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, now the rug has been pulled out from under me. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. I don't know, like, where we even go from here. And while the anime is not without, at least a season, it's not without its faults. I think the biggest fault is, and again, also can be its strength of inundating us with too much at once at some points. Yes. Um, like, her- I think, as I said before, it comes from a pre-existing mythos. Yeah. And so I think, I think it's the first season, so they don't know how much of it's gonna ever get, if, is there gonna be a second season? Or the right. Third season? So they're just kind of, like, packing in all the fan favorites that they can get. Yeah. Know? But then you get, like, scenes where, you know, they're all sitting around the table, the S-Class heroes, and they're just like, here's this one, here's this one, here's this right. one, and you're like, I can't, like, I can't, right. I can't keep it all It was straight. a little ham-handed way of getting them all there. And- right. By the end, however, like, for the most part, the ones that got the more, got more of the screen time, we got bits of their personality. Yep. We got enough that, like, we could start remembering their names. Right. And connecting, like, who they are. And I think season two does a better job of that, even. Mm-hmm. Like, you really you really start to know who these people oh, are. Oh, yeah, even, like, like episode one, you know, when we, we review that one in particular, like, they focus in, not really a spoiler, on a character that's an S-Class hero. Yep. And I spent, as you will attest, and we'll talk about when we get to that, that week's episode, just going, wait, what? Huh? Yep. Like, yep. wait? Huh? Like, I was I was invested in the story of this like particular Character hero. spotlight. Yeah, I like yep. that. And in an anime... In a season that only had 12 episodes, it's fascinating they were able to do enough of that. Yep. And do it effectively. Yep. I'm excited for season two. I've already watched it, so it's not like I'm... I can't say I'm excited. I'm excited for you to see season two. Yeah. I'm excited for the discussions that are going to happen in season and two. And I'm a little leery because a lot of people, at least from what I've hear, heard, they don't like season two. I understand that. Um, I wouldn't say I don't like season two. I mm-hmm. would say that season two is not season one. Okay. The animation is different. Mm-hmm. The theme song is different. The vibe is a little different. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, it's think, not necessarily a bad thing. Think back to Gurren Lagann with uh, the change in tone partway through. Once they grew up to be adults, I actually started to like the show. Right. It changed. It changed drastically. Like I said, and the thing in their case, I think it improved. Mm-hmm. I would say season one is still probably the better season. Um, at very least, it's a lateral movement. Right. It's it's If it's not... If it's not worse, it's different. Yeah. And people don't like change. Yes. Surprise. Uh, yeah. Welcome <laughs> uh, to the world of the internet. But I, I don't think I don't think we're gonna come out of season two with you screaming, Well, this has been ruined forever. I didn't feel that way, certainly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well that's good. Um but yeah, we'll talk more about that next time we're here with episode one of season two, or I guess you can also call it episode 13 some places. And yeah, things. Hulu's listing it as season two, episode 13. Yeah. Which is the worst, the worst way to list the it. The absolute worst way you could potentially <laughs> do that, which is titled Return of the Hero. Yep. So that's next time. But this time, we got to get out of here, man. We've been recording for almost an hour and 20 minutes. That's a lot. Hey, Bill, take us out. I don't get paid till next week. Oh. Can't be anything fancy. Got to be cheap. I'm okay with uh, drive through. <laughs> Um, can I at least get a large fry? You know what? Let's go to Quickstar. Oh, fuck yeah. Because you can eat well for Oh, nothing. yeah, you can. Hell yeah. I'm ready. To, I want to stop at Quickstar on my way home now that you mentioned that. 
All right, Bill, take us out of here. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about anime. Josh never showed up, and I'm Bill, and I'm on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was uh, I was being held back a little bit there, wasn't I? By Josh? Yeah. Yep, that makes sense. Well, we'll see you next time. I gotta think of something to say. I'm not doing this bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel and our new series, Tuning RPG, by searching for Tuning Japanese or Tuning RPG on YouTube.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Seriously, be like these great patrons. Superfan Matt, Brian Nash, and Cameron Baer. Out for real. Hey! Where'd you come from? No way a class be like you would be inside that ship. There you are! Glad you are safe, Master. Oh, hey, Genos. We're done here. Let's go. Were you able to defeat their leader? Yeah, he was really strong, too. Maybe the strongest I've ever faced. I see. So without you, Master, the prophecy about the destruction of the <gasps> Earth would have come true. Once They're again, ignoring me? Nah, it's these prophecies. Turns out you can't trust them at all. Hold it right huh? there! I have no idea how you did it, but you went in the ship on your own? You're just a class B. How dare you butt in like that? I didn't need you. I could have handled it by myself. Baldy, baldy, octopus, boiled egg, light bulb, avocado, hey, bang face, bug, say something to her. Sir. Look, spoiled brat. Shut up and get lost, or pay the price. That's it, yeah! Unforgivable. So I'm a brat, huh? I'm older than you, metal jackass! Whoa, Genos! You're next, Class B Baldy! That's enough, Tornado. This sort of behavior isn't becoming of a hero, now is it? Uh... Hm. Whatever. Why are there so many pig-headed troublemakers amongst the elite heroes? Hey, Genos, your, uh, your joints are all bent the wrong way. Here, I'll fix you up. Oh, sorry, your arm came off. <laughs>